thieves and bandits, killing and destruction. Jesus naming the forces that still influence us today. Think about it. Have you been conned, oppressed, or bullied? Pushed over the edge, cast out, crushed, shunned, rejected? We feel it. We see it. We hear stories about it. And there's a myriad of ways that life circumstances and people chip away at us, batter us down. Our human spirits, our psyches, our souls, as Paul the Apostle writes, we are stressed, perplexed, pressed in on every side. Lord, have mercy. On Good Shepherd Sunday, Jesus stands with us again, alongside us. And in today's story, he's in the middle of a crowd that's just witnessed a very shameful treatment, a casting out of the man once born blind. We can't fully understand chapter 10 unless we lean back into chapter 9. And we read that some of the Pharisees near Jesus say to him, Surely we're not blind, are we? And Jesus says to them, If you only were blind, you would have no more sin. But now that you say, we see, we see, you are stuck in your sin. Ouch, Jesus. Really giving it to the religious leaders for their bullying, their blindness, their pride-filled posture their certitude, how they so eloquently enforce the rules. And they con people. They cast out. They divide and even devour. Jesus calls them thieves and bandits. Is it any wonder that these powers and principalities will eventually conspire to kill him? Which again brings us to our verse, chapter 10.10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come for all, that they may have life and have it abundantly. We get that abundance language again that we were talking of last week and trying to embrace and press into abundance. Grace upon grace. Remember the images flowing like rivers of water? Or remembering the wedding feast in Cana where Jesus turns water to wine, 700 liters of wine poured out at a wedding feast? Abundance, grace upon grace. From the heart of Jesus, the words of Jesus, the posture of Jesus, the actions of Jesus. Into our lives, into our imaginations, into the landscape of our world. And last week, we stood with Peter, alongside Peter, and we tried to echo Peter's words of love for Jesus. Can you remember what we said? Jesus, you know everything. You know that we love you. Jesus, you know everything. You know that we love you. 
And Jesus' response was, feed and tend my sheep. Follow me. And so today, this week, let's once again follow. Imagine what those early disciples would have done. They would have probably rallied together and tried to figure out what followership really looks like. And maybe you can imagine them speaking to each other and listening to each other, trying to fathom and understand and put into action what it would take to tend and feed sheep. They didn't have the convenience of nice blue pew Bibles, right? With uh, the verses and the columns laid out so neatly so that they could read and ruminate together. What would they have done? They would have shared... Just seeing if anyone's awake in the sanctuary still. They would have shared stories, right? Stories of trying to remember what Jesus said now that we're supposed to be the ones who are tending to the sheep. And so that's why John chapter 10 is such a great um, piece of storytelling for us. Jesus talking about a revolution. An uprising, as we've talked of in this season of Easter. Jesus saying, uprise, rise up, not with weapons of destruction, but with weapons of love. And we respond with, yes, Lord, you know everything. You know that we love you. Can you hear them sharing their stories? Maybe their insights? Perhaps some of their fears and their wonders? And we might imagine that John chapter 10 were a part of the stories that were on top of their memory lists. Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd cares for the sheep. I know my own, and my own know me. I have other sheep. Bring them in also, and they will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock, one shepherd. As Peter heard these stories, he might have also remembered that, that, that incident where Jesus says to him, Peter, I will build my church upon a rock. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So First Baptist on Good Shepherd Sunday, let us renew our call to be good shepherds. Because the world really needs good shepherds. And um, I'd like to add that I think the world also needs Baptists to be good shepherds. I don't know what circles you might hang out in, but sometimes I find myself saying, well, First Baptist Baptists aren't like those Baptists. <laughs> Do you ever have to say that to people? Because <laughs> uh, Baptists sometimes get a bad name in our world. And I'm not trying to cultivate this, oh, we're so much better than all the other Baptists. We, we all need grace and mercy and love and mulligans. But in these days, it's unfortunate how many times Christians and Baptists are not being good shepherds. So this is a renewal for our, our call, First Baptist Church. 
this gathering local here in this place on 109th Street and Jasper Avenue or scattered hither and yon in these days. Let's renew our call to be good shepherds. It, 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 it can feel like a daunting call. But in this season of Easter, we remember Jesus' presence with us. Jesus, the wind and the spirit blowing behind us, pushing us forth. This Jesus who says, my father, God, wants the whole world. And Jesus knows that there's other sheep that need to be invited in, drawn in, loved in. And so we do this good shepherd work. Um, Maybe we don't do it in a sensational way or a spectacular way, but we do it in a humble, gracious, merciful way. And we follow the good shepherd. We become his hands. We become the heart of Jesus. We put Jesus' life on display. And we lay down our lives. We care. We get to know people and allow ourselves to be known. We try to reduce the static so that people of every walk of life will be able to hear the voice of Jesus. And I know that the FBC flock is doing this. And we as ministry staff and church council hear stories about how you all are caring and calling and reaching out and sharing resources. And so maybe today this isn't necessarily a renewal of the call, but it's affirming the call. It's assuring us all of the call that we are doing good shepherd work. But I love Jesus' master plan. And I I guess it's also God's master plan. And might I call it his end game? Any Marvel Any Marvel fans out there? God's got an end game, right? Good shepherds have an end game. One flock and one shepherd. Many of you know that I grew up in Lethbridge, Alberta, and my life and my family story is heavily influenced by Mormons. And I had lots of Mormon friends uh, growing up, and Mormon... um, Farmers uh, really took care of my family when we first uh, historically came to Alberta, southern Alberta, in the mid-40s. But the Mormons really stick it to us sometimes, right? (laughs) They uh, really stick it to us Protestants. Uh, Too often we're dividing or splitting, or you know why we get our name? Because we're protesting. And uh, my Mormon friends would kind of bug me because they knew I was a Baptist kid. And uh, they talk about their church as being the church of the Latter-day Saints. And they had all this one church around the world united, and they would always ask me why we were so split up. So maybe we could learn a lesson or two from our friends in faith. Local church, we can be one flock with one shepherd. Global church, one billion Christians, that we would be one flock with one shepherd. We could dwell in green pastures, 
we could have our souls restored, walking together through the darkest valleys, knowing, believing that we will be comforted. God preparing the way for us, a place for us, meals, anointing, the oil of gladness, our cups overflowing. In those final phrases of Psalm 23, goodness and mercy pursuing us all the days of our lives. This is the Jesus promise. These are Jesus' pastoral words of assurance for one flock, one shepherd. Jesus says, hear my voice, my sheep. Follow me. No one will snatch you out of my hand. Jesus speaks to the thieves and says that they will be thwarted. Jesus tells the bandits to beware. What my Father has given me is greater than all else. So once again, hear these words of promise. Hear these words of assurance for shepherds and good shepherds. No one can snatch you out of Jesus' hand. Right before the words of sending today, I want to encourage you to pause and reflect about good shepherds. Who have been those good shepherds for you? Who have been those good shepherds for you? Those people who've helped you in walking the right path. Or maybe walked with you through the valley of the shadow of death. They've given you comfort. They've calmed your fears. They've shown you hospitality and grace. A place at the table. Space at the table or a place in the room when others had maybe bullied or cast you out. I want you to think of that good shepherd. Or maybe it's a group of people who've shepherded you. And maybe this week you might send an email or send a text or make a phone call and say, hey, it was Good Shepherd Sunday and you have been a good shepherd to me. I want to thank you for modeling the life of a good shepherd in my life. Because it's these people, and of course, Jesus, who lead us as good shepherds, and help us to be good shepherds in the world. So may we go forth as good shepherds, following good shepherds, and of course, following Jesus the good shepherd of all. Amen.